Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Hey, League of Wildness, Wildman Dan here, and welcome to a quickie episode of the Live Wild or Die podcast. This episode was inspired by an article I read by Michael Easter, who we've referenced a lot in the last year in our Wild Gym communications and our League of Wildness communications. Michael Easter is the author of The Comfort Crisis, but he just sent out an article basically talking about how all diets both work and suck equally. And kind of to dive into that a little bit more, and this isn't necessarily anything new, but it was a good reminder. And at Wild Gym, you know, nutrition is never, we've never taken a real strong nutritional stance in the sense of this is the Wild Gym diet and you must follow this because this isn't new news to me in the sense of all diets work if you actually follow them. And that was the point of Michael Easter's article is, Basically, any diet will work if you actually follow the diet. And the reason why is because diets are fundamentally designed to decrease your caloric intake. So how many calories you're eating, if you decrease the amount of calories you're eating, you are very likely going to be losing weight. But then this article, this article made me think about the gold standard for science is repeatability. And what I mean by that specifically is you can have a single study that comes out and might say one thing, and it could be totally revolutionary and change the way we think about everything. But what really makes that individual revolutionary article actually revolutionary is if it's repeatable. Can can the outcomes, can the findings in that study be repeated over time and across different types of... Um, I guess, environments, labs, etc. You don't just want uh, an N equals one situation. You want to have multiple instances where the, the evidence just becomes irrefutable that what is suggested to be true is actually true. And I was thinking about that in specific, in regards to diets, nutrition, things like that. It's just because a diet may work short term is that process repeatable over the long term? And a, f- a few nuances to that as well as, for example, for a diet, does it continue to work long term? Does it continue to improve your body composition? Or do you at least maintain it long term? In Michael Easter's article, he referenced something that a lot of people that are overweight, they have lost weight in the past, but they gain it back. So thinking about that repeatability concept, it's if a diet works short term, can you repeat it for the long term to maintain those initial results? If the answer is no, then it's probably a fad diet that's just, you had a quick win, but it's not going to be useful in the long term. And before I get too deep in this, what what's what's also true, so kind of summing things back up real quick. So In the short term, pretty much all diets work. In the long term, pretty much all diets suck. None of them work in the long term. And the reason why is because no one follows them for the long term. If you were to, they would continue to work. It's just that the vast, vast majority of people just, they can't follow something. They can't or don't follow something for the long term. And again, at Wild Gym, we've always kind of, 
promoted this idea of a nutritional practice or a nutritional philosophy. And I'll dive into that a little bit more. But going back to this idea of repeatability. So whether it's fitness or nutrition, what I believe to be true, what I think is true, and I've seen this a lot from my own personal experience working with clients when I was doing a lot more group coaching and personal training is there's this, there's this kind of phenomenon called the noob gains. When you first start a fitness regimen, a diet regimen, you see results really quickly because essentially if you're going from zero to something, that something is going to have profound results and profound effects. But as you get healthier, you're going to start to see diminishing returns in the wrong, long run. So as you get fitter and fitter, as you get healthier and healthier, it takes an extreme amount of effort to get even healthier. And so when I think about that repeatability with a nutritional strategy or a nutritional practice, I like that nutritional practice. Let's use that. When you think about a nutritional practice, it's like there's kind of this asymptote. So you're going to have these gains, 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 results, results, results. And as you go up and up and up, you're eventually going to kind of hit this asymptote, this ceiling where it's a you're going to see very marginal, very in- incremental gains. But the idea is with repeatability, there's that initial improvement with a nutrition strategy, nutritional practice. My bad. You have this initial huge improvements, giant steps and improvement with your nutritional practice. And then as time goes on, those are going to be less and less profound, less and less significant. But what I'm thinking about is, can you choose a nutritional practice that you can maintain essentially for the rest of your life at at least that kind of 80 to 90% level that we've talked about in our, some of our lives and a lot of previous podcasts. If you can do that, that's kind of what you need to aim for. And so kind of going back to that noob gain cons, noob gains concept is it might be worth really thinking about if you're, you really want to change your diet, you really want to improve your health and lifestyle, you might want to think about really taking that approach of, okay, don't think about it for three months. Think about it for three years, 30 years. Are you going to be able to adhere to this type of lifestyle, this type of practice for three years and then 30 years? Like if the answer is yes, it's probably a good indication that that's what you should try and implement into your life. If the answer is, yeah, I could probably do that for three months, but after that, I'm not so sure, then you might want to consider uh, rethinking things. And some other thoughts I had about kind of that long-term view of nutrition and diet specifically is, does it continue to improve your body comp or at least maintain the body comp? Because again, as you start, you're going to see, you're going to be potentially losing weight, that is going to decrease over time. You can't lose weight forever, right? You, we, don't, we don't want to go to zero, but the idea is get to something that's sustainable for the long term. And then I was just kind of riffing on some other concepts is, does your nutritional practice, does it improve or maintain your blood work? So your blood markers, does that continue to improve and then get to a point where it's solid, it's awesome, and then it stays like that for years? And then you could look at other vital signs as well. You know, you could look at blood pressure, for example. Does your blood pressure stay, drop down a little bit, and does it maintain that for the long term? So those are the type of things where I think 
there's the obvious one that we tend to focus on is the weight on the scale, which I even think is for, for a nutritional practice, it's a metric. I don't know if it's necessarily the best metric. I think it's useful to a degree, but oftentimes what I used to see is, especially if you're adding in resistance training specifically, if you're starting to eat really well, maybe get a little bit more protein and you're concurrently adding in resistance training, it's likely you're going to be adding some lean muscle mass, which is a very, very good thing. However, that might not help what you see on the scale in the sense of you might not actually lose weight. I've seen this happen. I've, I've seen actually people where they, they gain weight, but they look completely different. I mean, if you did like the before and after picture, it's like they're not even the same person. But what's crazy is sometimes the weight act, the weight itself might not actually change that much. It's the body composition that can have the drastic change. So the scale for sure is a good proxy, but I don't know if it's necessarily the best proxy, particularly for health, you know? So it's just something to think about. And Kim and I can riff on this a little bit more and I, I would need to do a bit more research to give better directives of what might actually be the best strategy for seeing that progress if kind of the weight loss, if weight loss is your, your key goal or what you're striving to do. I did a little bit of, uh, I did some quick research, my fitness pal. I looked up how many calories are in one pound of strawberries. So one pound of strawberries has 145 calories. According to my fitness pal, one pound of strawberries is 453 grams. Let me say this one more time. One pound of strawberries has 145 calories and one pound equals 453 grams. Okay, so strawberries, unprocessed food, right? Then I looked up, again on MyFitnessPal, uh, the amount of calories in ice cream, strawberry ice cream to be specific. So 91 grams of strawberry ice cream has 150 calories. I'll repeat. 91 grams of strawberry ice cream has 150 calories. So essentially that's five times less volume than the one pound of strawberries, but it's essentially if you were to do equal, equal volumes of each, it would be five times more calories, which is crazy. So if you think about it in 20% of the volume with the ice cream, it has the same amount of calories. And I, I suspect that it's the caloric density, which is the number one problem with processed foods. I, I, I suspect there's also some issues with the additives, some of our industrial farming practices. I don't want to dive into that too much because I don't have, haven't really thought about it and researched it enough to, I think, make a strong argument. But I do suspect that our industrial farming practices do, do have some real consequences. But I think in regards to weight loss and the amount of calories we take in. It's the caloric density of processed foods. It's really the number one problem with those foods. And by eating real unprocessed foods, you're going to consistently eat less calories and you're likely going to have the best long-term results as long as you actually stay consistent. The consistency factor is what we've been talking about a ton over the last year and 
whether it's your fitness, whether it's your nutrition, whether it's your sleep, whether it's your mindset, it's creating a practice and an environment for that practice where you can be consistent. And we, Kim and I just talked about this on a separate recording, but I think nutrition starts, it starts at home when you're writing down your grocery list and then it's being disciplined at the grocery store to not throw in all that tantalizing, colorfully packaged stuff that you're going to want that just sits in your pantry and just call. It's that siren call that I'm just as guilty as anyone else. We've got a, I just took my older daughter on a backpacking camping adventure. And one of my staple foods is it's essentially like an off brand Nutella. So it's that chocolate spread. It's so good. But for backpacking, caloric density is really important because you want, you want the most amount of calories and the least amount of weight. That's for backpacking. It's a very acute, finite process. And you're also hiking. We're also hiking all day, so you're burning a ton of calories. So I, uh, I'm not packing in carrots necessarily on these uh, backcountry trips, but beside the point, having that jar of that sweet chocolate creamy goodness in there, it's just it's hard to resist. So be disciplined at the grocery store. It's going to make it way easier for you to adhere to a nutrition practice if you don't if you just don't really have the option to not adhere to it you don't need to be crazy either though it's life's life's for living so again from my own personal life like if we go out to dinner we'll get dessert we'll get some drinks if we're at a party and there's pie cake whatever we'll have some you know these are rare occasions but we're not gonna not enjoy some festive times because it doesn't uh because in that one instance is it going to affect our long-term health and fitness likely not and i also think there's there's a real psychological load which ultimately is a stress load of the if you're if you're ruminating on these things if if it is if it does become a source of essentially psychological stress that's not what we're going for either so in summary most diets will work in the short term pretty much none of them will work in the long term find something that you can be consistent with and if things are good you probably don't need to do anything you know there's not uh there's not some magical superfood or supplement that you need to add if if things are good. If you feel good, you're sleeping well, your body composition salt your excuse me, your body composition is solid, your energy is there, you're feeling wild. That's all good. Again, once you're healthy, getting healthier, you have to put quite a bit of effort. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that or you shouldn't do that. But once we're there, let's focus on staying there versus trying to get these marginal gains from you know trying some crazy concept out so league wildness i appreciate you guys i hope you enjoy these quickie episodes and if you have questions if you have comments please send them my way and lastly i'd like to ask the league wildness if you're enjoying these podcast episodes please share it with a friend share it with family helps us spread the good word of the wild and we would also be eternally grateful 
you'd leave us a five-star review. Much love. I'll see you guys out there.